0: Welcome back, sweet seeds, to another special guest episode on the Motivation Podcast. I want to extend my gratitude toward all of you, my dear friends, fans, patrons, and listeners. You are so cared for and so deeply appreciated. If you like this podcast, please download, subscribe, and share. You can visit Motivation.com for more links and to donate to the expansion of this podcast, as 10% of your donation goes to help animals in need. Before we get started, I want to further the extension of my gratitude to our sponsor, The Quick Message. Stay tuned. Hi, Sweet Seeds. Thanks so much for taking a moment to listen to how I started this podcast because it's been so much fun. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I highly recommend you check out Anchor. It's free. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. This means all your friends get to support you. Anchor really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you're ready, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now back to the episode hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the newest motivation series featuring special guests tune in every wednesday while i meet with women from all walks of life join us while we laugh cry smile feel the warm and fuzzies and most importantly feel motivated to accomplish greatness This series is for all women. Mothers, daughters, sisters, friends, grandmas, everyone. In the ever-changing world we live in, it is important to remember we are not all that different. For every quirk or challenge you face in life, some strong woman has done it before you. If she can, you can. Have you ever wondered what it was like to live as an adult with a disability? Well, today we get to peer inside the divine journey of someone so, so, so capable and a true beacon for motivation. Today, I'm so excited to announce our very first guest, Wynn. Speaking to Wynne in the past, I was humbled to learn about some of the challenges she has faced. Today, we are, going to, we are going to discover bits and pieces of her life, her challenges, and what she has done for herself to keep pushing forward.
1: Oh, thank you, Sharon. Before we
0: keep going, I just have, I'm going to announce, I'm going to introduce you one, I'm going to do one more announcement. I'm going to delete this part. I just need to take a sip. (laughs) All right. Before we jump on in with Wynn, I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in, sharing, and giving back. If you know someone who would benefit from a sacred space of vulnerability and empowerment like this, visit Motivation.com and share share with whomever. If you'd like to donate to the expansion of this podcast, knowing that 10% of your donation goes to help animals in need, click the Be a Sweet Seed button in the upper right corner. All right, without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, Nguyen. I am hey so thankful for you showing up today. For kicking off your
1: motivational weekly women's series with me because I know when we talked originally on Facebook Messenger, yes, we talked on Facebook Messenger, you said that you were doing one solo episode and then a
0: women's episode, and I'm happy to be the first guest Yes, of course, I'm, I'm so grateful for your strength, your courage, your generosity to show up and share with the world today. So awesome, Wyn. Um, wh- Why don't you just tell us about yourself and what you're here to share?
1: Well, for those of you who think, who have listened to the intro and think, okay, what disability does Wynn have? Do I need to Google it? Do I need to carry a picture in it? Do I need to do what with this information? Well, I have a disability called cerebral palsy and actually it's not a disability to me. It's my gift and we'll get into why it's my gift in the middle of the interview. But backtrack, cerebral palsy is a lack of oxygen injury at birth. Mm. And so I was given this gift 33 years ago on June twenty-second, 1987, wow. whereupon wow. I was medevaced out to the eighth-ranked Children's Hospital in the country, in Denver, Colorado, whereupon I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy and I was also diagnosed with a brain bleed. My my brain decided to hemorrhage the day after I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. So yeah, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But (laughs) fast forward, I am now a journalist. I've been a full-time journalist For Actually, I've been a part-time journalist for 10 years, along with teaching in the education system. Now, due to COVID, Mm -hmm. I lost my job. So I um, was fortunate enough to go to a podcasting conference. Mm -hmm. And you guys need to look up PodFest and get yourself involved with PodFest. Well, on the way home from PodFest, I started flying on the plane back from Orlando to Chicago and in the middle of Chicago to here, here being Aspen, Colorado. And I did not know why. I did not know why I'm like, okay, you just realize you just came off a fabulous work trip. Why are you so upset? Well, by the time I got to Chicago O'Hare International Airport on March 9th, early morning March 9th, I figured out why. Because I was coming home to an interesting monkey business show. And I could insert in this one, but I'm not going to. And so I was coming home to my life being turned upside down. I was coming home to my job no longer being placed in the education system. And then I was also coming home to everything being locked down. So that's why I went to zero, went from zero to 60 in two minutes flat in journalism. Now, back track to 2010, I lost my mom, my biological mom, August 11th, 2010, to meningitis, and yeah. And then I lost my dad to organ failure slash undiagnosed lung cancer on May 19th, 2019. Oh my goodness. And then fast forward from May to June 23rd, 2019. Mm-hmm. I had my two aunts my two and my mom's sisters, fly out here. Me thinking, oh, this would be a great birthday dinner. They're going to sit down with my stepmom and stepsister and aid and say, how could we help you with when? What can we do to help me? Help you raise raise when well that did not happen Mm -hmm. on june 23rd i let's see i got emotionally and physically abused i um by my aunt and so i want to make this clear my stepmom my stepsister My aide who was working with me at the time did not do it, did not touch me, did not do anything. They were just witnesses to this horrible thing. Mm -hmm. And what happened was my abuser came over to my house and this is before COVID, you guys. So before social distancing, before, um, before this monkey business. So she came over to my house because we were interviewing a temporary aide. And so um, I was getting ready to have a temporary aide. And so because my aide, who was working with me full time, was going out of town. And so what happened was my aunt handed my stepmom a bag of food and didn't even say anything. And then all monkey business broke loose, which Mm -hmm. meant, and then my two aunts said, well, come on when it's time to go downstairs to get ready to go out to dinner. Mm -hmm. Well. Unbeknownst to me, they closed the door behind me, and started asking me all these questions. And then it just went from asking me questions to sticking a cam- sticking a physical cell phone camera up in I uh, that it shouldn't be stuck up in. Terrible. Called my vagina. And I reported that. I reported that a week later, and then I got called into Adult Protective Services along with my aide, along with my stepmom, along with my step-sister.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure the listeners alongside me are our, our hearts go out to you for going through all that. That's quite a heavy load um, for you to be sitting here and smiling with me is is a miracle. Um, yeah, that really shows your resilience and your strength for sure, um, and your bravery for reporting so those in, those incidents. I know a lot of people, especially when it comes to family, it can be very difficult to report incidents like that, but Thank you for, for sharing and for standing up for yourself like that. That's amazing. Um, wow. So uh, I want to backtrack a little bit. I would love to know um, a little bit about what it was like for you as a child growing up with cerebral palsy. What was your experience like?
1: Well, I didn't know I had cerebral palsy until I was in seventh grade. And I didn't know the complexities of cerebral palsy until...
0: 2020. Wow. Wow.
1: Because my biological mom sat me down when I was in seventh grade and had um, had a discussion with me and then I started googling it and then I learned only in 2020 that it was a neurological condition.
0: Wow. Yeah I didn't even know that when you said that to me I said to myself I did not know that it was lack of oxygen to the brain at birth. That's very, that's very interesting. Um, and to not know about that until you're in seventh grade. So you, I, I'm picturing you were just feeling like a normal kid. And um, I knew something
1: was wrong. Mm. And then um, I knew something that was wrong when I was talking about try- when I tried to kick the soccer ball, the soccer ball went sideways along with my foot. Oh, no. And so I knew oh. something was long, and yeah.
0: Yeah. How did that feel? Um, I know I played soccer, too, and I was not the fastest runner. I was very um, – I liked my cake, so I kind of had trouble feeling comfortable um, as a soccer player. What was that experience like for you to, to know some things not quite – the same as everyone else. How, how did that feel? Did you, did you feel, how did that feel?
1: That felt interesting because I was um, raised to believe that I was able to due to all my classmates were able to mm-hmm. And so um, that was very interesting. And still to this day, my classmates, because we grew up in the '90s, my classmates will say, "When taught me about cerebral palsy, when was the first one I knew was a disability?"
0: Wow, that's very impactful. I can see a little bit of why you call it a gift because you're actually able to educate huh. um, people throughout your life about about this condition. Um, Cause yeah, I don't want to call it a disability, but cause you see, you're very capable. You're very able. There's, I don't see any dis- any disabled essence from you. You're so capable. You're so powerful. You're so ambitious and resilient. So um, that, that's a, that's a lot for a child to have to take all at once at in seventh grade. Um, what did you notice changed in your self-esteem or in your motivation or your ambition? Um, What what did you notice changed after you learned?
1: Nothing. It just lit a fire underneath me to educate people about cerebral palsy. My motivation and my ambition and me getting depressed happened after I got abused because I, in the process of losing my mom, I got called lazy by my abusers, Thank you very much. Lazy. And she also used another term, which I won't use on this podcast. And so I got called lazy by my aunt. And so I was starting to get emotionally abused 10 years ago, got away from it. And then The star that broke the camel's back was on June 23rd.
0: Wow. Wow. That's such a powerful statement that you just said. It lit a fire in me to educate people about this. That is not, not having that condition. I I can't really empathize with you, but I can totally imagine what you're sharing with me and how I could embody that and that fire, um, Knowing that there's something challenging about you and you didn't ask for it, but knowing that there is something that challenges you and not taking that as a moment to um, pity yourself, but as a moment to, to say, you know what, I want to educate people about this. That is incredibly powerful. And to, to um, at the same time be receiving, receiving emotional abuse from a family member, you know, it, it can be, I've, I've experienced that as well. I'm sure many of us have, it can be very um, self-limiting to then repeat those same things in our mind. I'm lazy. Whereas it sounds like you really took that and said, uh, took that as a challenge and said, no, I'm not lazy. I'm going to continue being me and I'm going to continue pushing forward. So that's an incredible way to find motivation. It's Well,
1: the reason why she called me lazy is because I needed help getting dressed.
0: Which is very inconsiderate to be light. Oh Oh, yeah. Very inconsiderate. Um, I think one thing we as, uh, as humans, all of us as humans need to always remember is that nobody asked for their condition. Nobody asked for it. We're all here doing the very best we can. So especially looking at a child who, who, in, in this, this is before you knew you had it. So, looking at a child and saying you can't dress yourself, you're ten years old. You should be able to dress now, yourself. this is
1: after I knew I had it. This oh, was in oh, two thousand and ten.
0: But so that's that even hits harder because now you know that it's not your fault, and you're being told by somebody almost like it is your fault. Wow, that's that's and. But
1: incredible. I didn't know why I needed help. I didn't know. That it was a neurological condition, I knew it was cerebral palsy, but I didn't know the complexities of cerebral palsy until 2020, until after my father died. Well, guess
0: 2020 brought some blessing.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, you think We've only one. <laughs> you think? And I, um, the reason why I asked that is because I wanted to know, well, why did they emotionally abuse me? why did they stick me in a towel against my will? Mm -hmm. And I was always told that cerebral palsy was a um, bone and joint condition. I put the bravery stick up and asked a PT and a PT student. I said, um, well, what is cerebral palsy? Is it a bone and joint condition or an elliptical condition? They looked at me straight in the face and said, You have a neurological condition, now deal with it. And basically, I finished my physical therapy session, almost cried, and then went home and called uh, one of my witnesses who witnessed me getting abused, who happens to be a good friend of mine. And I said, look, this is what just went on. Do you know anything about this? And she goes, yes, I Googled it. And yes, I knew you had a neurological condition. And I knew you had CP. And I thought that people told you. And I'm like, no,
0: people didn't tell me. Not until 2020, 33 years after you developed the condition, then you finally get to know the truth about it. That is, wow. How did you, how did, how did it feel to, reflect back on the way you were treated after you now learned that it was not your laziness in fact it was well again it put a fire
1: on my butt Mm -hmm. because um i wanted to educate people about emotional and physical abuse and even if you have a neurological, neurological condition it's okay to ask for help and some people are not going to help you. some people are. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really powerful message for anyone. And just a off on of Monday especially if they're alcoholic and a drug
0: user like my abuser is and was. mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And I think, you know, when we invite those two elements into uh, the relationship of a family member, it can really set us up for a lot of um, mental kind of confusion, because it's supposed to be a family member, you look to them kind of as, as a caretaker. Exactly. Yeah. Did, did, Did you ever feel like you were... Um, either on the verge or close to developing any mental illness like depression or anxiety because of this, or I do you feel it just really strengthened you. I was, I was
1: close to developing. Well, I almost committed suicide. I almost took my own dang life after this because I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. Why am I here? If people are not going to respect me. Why am I here? Yeah. Why am I educating people about cerebral palsy? And so, um, yeah. And then I got up and threw the um, thing I was going to commit suicide with um, away mm. and told a person and told people that I told a person about suicide and then told people about PTSD. And then again, throwing the condiments away that I was going to use, mm-hmm. which was a bunch of Advil, um, overdose on Advil, mm-hmm. I um, put another fire under my ass to not do it, mm-hmm. to. Educate people about sexual and emo- emotional and
0: physical abuse and yeah. sexual abuse of that, yeah. which I did not get. But well, uh, it sounds like from what you mentioned earlier, even though it wasn't, uh, well, it sounds like you've experienced quite an array of abuse, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, well, that's I'm
1: lucky enough to have sweet witnesses. Witness the whole thing, and the way the universe set it up is: I had one witness fifteen feet away from me, and then I had another witness on main floor of my house, and another witness in the master bedroom taking a shower to go out to dinner. Wow! And so, my abuser, my bathroom. Is on and my bathroom. The as we're doing this interview, you can see behind me Mm -hmm. my bathroom. So the witness who was 15 feet away from me, my she could hear everything Mm -hmm. on the side of the wall. And so, but what happened, and I learned this in general, the what happened is if I said to my, if our abuser says to an abuser I need to go to the bathroom, they won't let the abuser go to get help. So even if I had said I need to go to the bathroom, I wouldn't land up winning my parents because I was trying to um, get help. I don't remember the emotional abuse I I don't I remember the emotional abuse I don't remember getting stuck in the cell against my will mm-hmm. I remember getting a camera stuck where it's not supposed to get stuck mm-hmm. and I remember um, my abuser accusing the aid of stuff that she did that the abuser said she did not do
0: like get me dressed because I smelled, mm-hmm. and yeah wow that's a, a lot for you to have to take on emotionally all by yourself um, well not all by yourself since you had a caretaker or a couple of caretakers and some family around oh, you I as had, well. um, did I you ever had find a support system outside of just your caretakers I the reason why I um,
1: the reason why I reported it is because a counselor, a registered, and you gotta remember I was in education for 13 years. And so I um, yeah. I have unbeats my abuser, I knew I was getting abused. I just I just wanted to get her out of my life. Yeah. So when the abuse are getting abused, they follow the abuser. They don't put up a stink which I should have Mm -hmm. Um, now that I think about it I shouldn't have I should have canceled the Sunday night dinner and uh, because yeah now that I think about it I should have and stayed. Hindsight 2020. (laughs) Hindsight's you're not kidding. (laughs) Hindsight's 2020 and so um I should have stayed with my caregiver. Which my caregiver would have completely understood. All—all mm-hmm. all three of my caregivers, my and good would have completely understood if I said, um, "I want to cancel dinner. And I don't think going out to dinner with these people is a smart idea." Yeah. Then my abuser emotionally uh, abused me at. The restaurant too, in public. In public, wow. Yeah, in public, and my step sister and stepmom witnessed that one.
0: Wow. Um. Did they Did they jump in on, uh, in the in the middle of it in the restaurant, or did they they kind of keep quiet? I know that can kind of be a weird situation for um,
1: people.
0: No, they kept quiet mm-hmm. because
1: my abuser was on Phil full t- tilt, mm. and she had a glass of wine in her hands, too, mm. and, um, and so my abuser was on full, full tilt, and um, they kept quiet, but what happened was a week later, two weeks later, I because I knew I was being emotionally abused and because I knew the warning signs, because of my educational training of teaching young kids. They always say to teachers of young kids, be aware of emotional and physical abuse. Mm -hmm. These are the warning signs. If the kid comes in with bruises or tells you something really weird, you have to call as a teacher. And so I unbeknownst to my abuser and this was the third time, emotional abuse happened to me. Wow. I got it once in the workplace, once by a priest, and then the third time was the storm from the camera's back. And so unbeknownst- Three places, by, it should never happen. Yeah, you think? Um, <laughs> you think. And then, and then so announced by abuser, I had that training in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. And so- by the time I two weeks later, I my counselor flat out asked me, she goes, Do you feel safe? Do you feel safe at home? Hmm. Now, I guess it was we were in a second session. It wasn't even two weeks later, we were in a second session when she asked me, Do you feel safe at home? And I said, Yes, but this is what's gone on. Hmm. So that triggered her to call her friends at Adult Protective Services. I go walking out of that session that I just told her with one of my witnesses. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, okay, my heart feels happy. I What's next? I didn't know what was next. So I go back that next week the next week i walk out of that counseling session i my aides normally know to wait for me in the waiting rooms. yeah and so um i walk out of that session i don't see my aid uh, i think i think well maybe she's gone to the bathroom or maybe she's stepped out to make a phone call because this have all cell phone service at my house. Right. Maybe the phone rang. Maybe it was a family member that needed help from her end. And maybe she went out and stepped out to go um, make a phone call and go to the bathroom. I know how to get downstairs. I'll just meet her downstairs. Uh-huh. Well, in the process of me thinking that, a stranger walks up to me, a stranger to me, and he goes, he doesn't even say your aid, he goes, your driver is in Adult Protective Services.
0: Wow, what did that feel I, like hearing that? like so
1: was oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> so my counselor called Adult Protective Services, they wanted to do an interview with all of us, yeah. And so my my point. <laughs> she went in first and then I got dragged in second. Oh, I was gonna go home and record two podcast interviews and one a psychology interview. Yeah. The other one the other one I recorded actually. The other one I recorded the day I got dragged in, and then the other one got published, and, but the psychology interval never happened, because I was dealing with them, and so I, um, Adult Protective Services says, when do you want to come back with us for two seconds? I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So I'm confronted by Adult Protective Services and a cop. Thank you very much. And uh, no, the cop wasn't there. The cop was on the phone. Oh. And so I am confronted by those two. And then the next week, they say, Well, what's the, um, we want you to save your story for the professional. Interviewer. I'm mm. like, oh boy, here we go. And I said, mm. I literally said, Well, I think you should tell my stepmom what's going on. They go, We have. Your stepmom has already gotten a call. Okay. And she was at work. And so it must have scared her. Yeah. What a phone call death, I received. Knowing that her stepdaughter was in with aid was an adult protective services, mm-hmm. and so it's like, oh boy, here we go. So that next week, my aide drives me down to the professional interviewers, yeah, and leaves me with the professional interviewer because um, when a professional interviewer goes into it. They have the cops on the other side, the other side of the wall. The cops are listening. The DA, the Denver district attorney is listening. Uh-huh. And my aide couldn't be present because wow. they have already interviewed her. Yeah. And so an uh, hour goes by, the professional interviewer interviews me I go home I say somebody I need to take a nap which landed up happening because I was so emotionally exhausted and freaked right. out that I needed to go lie out yeah and so um that landed up happening and then the um professional interviewer interviews my mom. Adult Protective Services calls my stepsister. They interview her. They interview my stepmom at this house. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. I mean, cops walk in with Adult Protective Services at this house, and she tells her story, and it's Needless to say, they all masked up. Needless to say, my um, into my abuser when she got call, my abuser says, "What did I do? I did nothing wrong." Mm, of course, that's what they always say. I think, and my adult protective services goes when this woman. Shouldn't be in your life. I haven't Mm. spoken to her since. I haven't spoken to her witness since. I haven't.
0: No, I. Wow, you are such a strong, strong, strong woman. It is so incredible to hear these stories from you and the way that you tell them. I, I personally feel I would be bawling trying to tell these stories, but you are just so no, held together. I really, and the, I can even tell by the way your mind is the, processing it that you are just so...
1: When the emotional and physical abuse happened, I had my aid, on, my aid in the doorway standing on the one side of me. I had... Um, my mom came up, she sat next to me, and my stepmom came up and sat next to me, starts handing me tissues, Mm. and says, everything will be okay. So you went through it, but... I, on the other hand, I'm thinking, no, everything won't. No, everything won't. I'm looking at my aid for reassurance she's standing there about the shaking of boots because mm-hmm. she's the aide and doesn't want to cause a ruckus and yet she my stepsister my stepmom my aide, got all got the wrath of god <laughs> for my abuser and it's like mm-hmm. oh my goodness and so my abuser and That's what most abusers do. After they're done, they go on tilt to the other witnesses. Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. They will. Definitely. That sounds like you had to really always be just very strong. Sounds like you really developed that part as part of your personality. Um, I would like to kind of take a different direction. Um, And uh, for... It might be this might be redundant, but I just really want to know, like other than other than this, really just living your life other than your abuse, um, what has been the biggest challenge you've faced in your life and how did you overcome it? Because it sounds like growing how you've grown up, you've been facing a lot of challenges and abuse, of course, I think can top out any challenge. But other than that, what has been your biggest challenge and how have you overcome it? Because I think you're a very strong woman. The
1: biggest challenge was accepting the fact that I only have my stepmom, my stepsister, my stepmom's family, and my aides. Mm -hmm. The biggest challenge is that I only have those people in my life. My mom's family doesn't want anything to do with me. And the reason why they disguised both birthday dinner as a welfare check is because they were trying to take everything away from me. And you gotta remember my dad died on May 19th, 2019. And their sister died on August eleventh, two 2010. So they were upside down. They didn't they didn't trust my aid they, well, they still don't, they, um, they didn't trust my aides. They, um, di- they finally are coming around to trust my stepmom. They are barely trusting my stepsister, but for a while there, it was me against them mm-hmm. and they wanted to take everything away from me, move me out of my home and send me to a home meant for kids with Down syndrome. And yeah. (laughs) That's not helpful. That's not helpful at all. And my abuser at the beginning asked me, after she closed the door on me, which is a red flag, because I typically keep my bedroom door open I people ask me, do you want your bedroom door closed? Do you want it open? Yes, no, maybe so. (laughs) That's the answer I give. And so it's a yes, no. It's a little red flag when a person goes, close the door and don't even ask you, do you want this open or do you want this closed? Yeah, yeah.
0: I've I've, I've had that happen to me many times my mother never asked me so but yeah I definitely I feel that it sounds like finding your own inner strength when you feel isolated and opposing your own family um that can be that's that can be a very good source of finding that inner strength is just being forced into it really is just being shown the reality that the people you thought were going to be there for you just aren't Willing to be and and learning how to be okay with that that does sound very very difficult. Um, wow! So this has been this has been a really great conversation. Um, thank you so much for sharing from your heart. I. I don't, I'm not quite done yet. I still, I just want to take a little break. Um, I know our listeners have gained some valuable insight in what it's like to be you and to be motivated, even when it seems impossible. Even when for me, I don't think I could have found that fire, put that fire under my butt like you did because I'm not you. So in switching directions for just a moment, um, I would like to bring a little bit of light and laughter into our conversation, even though you are such a bright being um, anyways, Uh, This is a segment I like to call the laugh bath. So the purpose is to clean our emotional bodies with a good dose of laughter. We're going to play a quick game today of two truths and a lie. So for anyone who's listening, who's not familiar with this game, each of us will come up with our personal two truths about ourselves, um, which can be anything and something that is not true. So three things, two truths and one lie. Um, And it doesn't have to be in any order. You want to kind of make it so the other person has, has to think about it or guess, um, what the lie is. So don't make it too obvious. Um, and you can say the truths and lies in any order and I'll go first to, to demonstrate. And when I'm done, when, um, I want you to guess which one is the lie and then we'll switch. So, um, for me, let's see. Um, so I, I have, I used to eat ants when I was little with my brother. Um, or, and I have eaten jellyfish. I think I'm going to do all eating for some reason. I've eaten jellyfish and I, I convinced my friend to eat a worm, an earthworm when we were young. <laughs> so when, now you get to guess, which one do you think is the truth or which one do you think is the lie? I'm going to say you've eaten
1: jellyfish is why you're so right how did you know (laughs) because i know that they think and so i and kids do eat mysterious things yeah i um know from educated kids that they (laughs) like worms and they like to eat ants and they will do um do
0: what they um, They'll eat kid, what they want
1: kids, they
0: eat what yep. they want but yeah. Good job. I, I, I was hope I mean I guess I didn't think that through. I guess um, a lot of people haven't don't know that you can actually eat jellyfish. Um, my dad and my brother actually ate jellyfish in Chicago. Um, apparently it was cold, it was slimy, it was gross. So I don't think I'll, I'll ever try eating jellyfish, but I did try ants, have not tried a worm. I think ants are safe. They're so small for kids anyways. I'm not encouraging any adults to go out there and eat No. <laughs> no, No, do
1: no, not doing <laughs> that.
0: Yeah, please don't. Um, all right, so good job. You did awesome. So now uh, the pressure's on me. So you can come up with two truths and a lie. Weave it in however.
1: My two truths.
0: Uh, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. So make sure that I don't know whether it's true or false. So you can just say three things about yourself, okay. like this, this and that, but don't tell me which one's not true. I wanna guess.
1: I am a lot finer. I have eaten squid and I am a, I did do a scary Halloween costume.
0: For this year or for any year? Any year. Okay, okay. Hmm, you said you're a rock climber, you've eaten squid, and um, you had a scary Halloween costume. Um, I'm gonna go out on a whim and say, oh, I feel like I'm gonna be wrong. Uh, maybe... Hopefully you haven't eaten squid. I haven't eaten squid. I have. Oh my goodness, I kind of knew that. Um, um, you don't strike me as a person that would like scary Halloween costumes. That's my lie. That's your lie. Okay, that was my first guess. I should have gone with that. I should have gone with that. It's the squid, it wasn't like calamari. It was like- It was a full-fledged squid. Oh my and goodness. Oh,
1: <laughs> I have eaten calamari.
0: Yeah, I've eaten calamari. I just, for some reason, the image that, you, that yeah. came into my head when you said squid, it was not calamari. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how was it? Did it you... was
1: good. It <laughs> was good. I did it when I was young and um, I did, did it actually when I was seven and oh, the wow. people around me looked at me like, you doing what yeah um I like pate and I like the exotics um the exotics and so yeah I've eaten squid I am also a rock climber but I have not done a scary Halloween costume
0: (laughs) I am not a rock climber I'm actually very terrified of heights. I like the indoor rock climbing. Those are fun. Um, still scary though, but I I have done Halloween, scary Halloween costumes for sure. I used to do that all the time because my older brother would do it. So I wanted to be like him. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was fun. And um, thank you so much for playing that game with me. Um, so that's the last bath. Hopefully now we're all squeaky clean and giggled out. So um, we can go back and- um, Continue our conversation. So, I want to shift directions away from the abuse because I I, th- I think that that's a very powerful thing that you've shared, and I want to learn more about uh, you personally and not just your experiences. So, you spoke about how you've lost both of your parents and your your mom when you were a lot younger. Um, did you did you ever have to experience learning how to be your own mother or? Did you have someone to fill that role pretty, pretty quick?
1: I have had to learn how to be my own mom in a sense because my stepmom has a full-time job mm-hmm. even though she tries to help me to the best of her abilities. She is a full-time mom and so a full-time mom with a job yeah so i had to learn how to be how to take care of myself but i've been able to do it with help wow
0: that's that's really that's a very positive piece of your life to know that your stepmom has has been there for you because yeah. to lose both parents and then to have a stepmother come in and actually be willing and yeah. happy to to um, fill both of those roles will really yeah. is, is and such a the that's, unique that's great. thing
1: is um, my my stepmom had the opportunity many times actually to meet My biological mom.
0: Wow. Oh, that's nice.
1: And so when she met me, when she met me, the um, first time she met me, she um, said, When you, I was always my dad, Tim, I give you my condolences. I understand what you're going through. I had a similar experience. And you may not know who I am, but I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then that night, um, she, it's so funny because that night we were um, we were meeting in a restaurant by chance. By the way, this wasn't set up. Oh wow! And my dad lost his nerve, and he goes my friends are looking for girlfriends. And her girlfriend, the girlfriend that she was with, um, who we still know, um, says, well, Mallory's looking for a boyfriend. Oh. And Mallory looks at her girlfriend goes, and goes, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, what? And so, and the girlfriend, announces to the best one. And so my dad gets all nervous and then he goes well, what's your name and number and he accidentally sticks in his phone and X and then um, and then asks me on all the way home, I'll never forget it. He asks me, He said, well, should I call Malloy when we get home? And I said, go ahead. Because my philosophy is whatever makes him happy, Mm. by all means, do it. Whatever makes you happy,
0: do it. And so, yeah. That's great advice. That's great advice. That actually brings me into another question I wanted to ask you, and it might be the same answer. but maybe not. If if you looking back at your child self prior to knowing about your condition, um, if you could tell your child self one piece of advice, what 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 would you tell her?
1: Don't listen to your mom about what you want to be when you grow mm. up mm. because I really, really, really wanted to be a journalist. I um the story goes, parent teacher conferences. I'm in third grade. Parenting conferences come about. The third grade teacher girls, Well, we're teaching um, cursive writing. Yeah. And and do you want when to do it? I don't think when should do it due to a disability, due to my due to it's gonna be a little bit tricky for yeah. her to do um. It can be difficult anyways. and could be difficult anyways and my teacher knew i had a huge apple qe2 computer those of you who remember the qe2 yeah. the um colorful rainbow apple computers yeah <laughs> in my classroom so that was my assistive device in the 90s with a um Child's version of Microsoft Word was Kids Picks Microsoft Word version, and that's how I typed out my spelling test. So the story goes that I, um, the story goes, my teacher goes, "Well, we're teaching the rest of the class cursive writing, and I don't think Wynn should do it." And my dad goes. Well, you can't get a pencil out of Wynn's hands, And my teacher goes, okay, <laughs> in because she's lying. And so that's um, why I say don't ever listen to your mom about going into what you want to do what, when you grow up is because I really, really wanted to go into journalism and I want I wanted to go into journalism so bad that I gave up teaching, now working on my second degree mm-hmm. and be done with that in April of 2022. Wow, and, but at the time I was recovering from a back operation and my friend comes to visit me and says, I'm getting a job. In the education field, I understand you're going to get an education degree. And I'm not kidding. My mom, my biological mom, was standing at the end of my bed. I said to the friend, Well, I'll put that idea in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. And I was 18 at that. And so, and then my stepmom goes, yes, she's getting a job. Yes, I wanted to get the education degree. Yes, she's getting the um, job with you. And yes, yes, and yes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, mom. And, and what about happening is I've talked to other um, immigrants, kids. My mom immigrated from the Bahamas from Canada to the Bahamas to the U.S., basically mm. to the U.S. Okay. out of love whereupon she met my dad. Wow. And so she stayed, she stayed in Aspen, Colorado. Mm-hmm. But I have talked to as a immigrant kids of immigrant parents and they send the exact same thing. These immigrant parents will give their kids a list. You can easily be a doctor, a scientist, or teacher. You can either be a journalist, a teacher, a lawyer. You can, mine was doctor, lawyer, teacher. Mm. And so a lot of these parents want their kids to live the American dream.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that's, that's definitely something that can, can skew a child's sense of um, ambition or motivation and saying, yeah. oh, well, if I can only do these three things, why would I want to? It sounds like you really took that challenge of, well, I'm going to go into education, even though my dream is journalism. And it sounds like you really took that. And even though you didn't get yeah, to fulfill your dream I, of journalism till now. And here and you I
1: are. got uh, emotionally abused in the workplace mm-hmm. uh, because my, mom saw that and never did anything about while, it this was while you were a teacher this is while i was a teacher yeah i got emotionally abused in the workplace my mom saw it and never did anything mm. about it my dad pulled me out uh, god bless my dad he pulled me out of that situation because mm. i was getting depressed and i wasn't mending to myself that um things were really hard at work and he goes, I don't want to see my daughter depressed. Yeah. And my mom was totally oblivious. She hired my abuser, my workplace abuser, as my aide. Wow. And my workplace abuser did the exact same, well, similar to what my abuser did when wow. they physically abused me slash emotionally abused me. They'll turn on the a tom for other people around them when they are, uh, when they when they emotionally abuse a person they will go doctor the Jekyll and hide mm-hmm, they, for sure talk to the Jekyll and hide mm-hmm. and basically they'll be sweet they'll be happy they'll be fine around other people and my uh, workplace abuser to turned on the sweets, turned on the carines for my mom, and then she was Dr.
0: Jekyll and high to me. Wow, that is intense, and that's definitely something I feel um, many of the listeners and myself included have experienced is that that abuse can, the person will look like an angel to everybody else, but to you, they'll act like your worst enemy. Um, That's very intense. Uh, I love that you talked about what you wanted to be when you were young because I was like, that's a very strong point of motivation for a lot of people is to fulfill their childhood dreams. Um, Hearing you talk about how you're, you're, your immigrant mother wanted you to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher and you took one of those roots it's very very much so shows to me that yes you you had this ambition to be the journalist but you also you understood the practical sense of what your mother was hopefully trying to and help I, you out with
1: I have lost my job twice twice being wasn't a teacher in, being a teacher
0: wasn't meant and to be I,
1: well I have Once in 2009, 2008, 2009, when the first economic crash happened, that was loss number one. And then I lost my mom Mm -hmm. a year after that. And then I lost my teaching job due to COVID. And I have not looked back since. If I need to go get a W-2 job, I will. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be in creative field. And it's, I'm going to make it very strong to my W 2 job that I want to be useful because mm-hmm. it's a huge difference when people say, oh, we're hiring a person with a disability, oh, we're equal opportunity employers, and then they treat them as if they're a doormat or if they're a wall- robot in a sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: or as if you're not as capable as everybody else, which is just a nasty prejudice. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I have only a couple more things I think I wanna talk about. Um, And then I think I wanna wrap up. My camera just got a little blurry. I don't know why, oh well. Um, So bringing back all of these things that you've experienced, all these challenges, all these obstacles you've overcome, all this loss that you've endured, the strength that you've decided to give yourself, the fire you've put under your butt. Um, if you're ever in a situation where maybe it's just a, a small challenge, or maybe it's a huge one, um, what what is your failsafe or your go to to tell yourself? Like maybe an affirmation or just a, a, um, a pep talk type thing. What do you What do you tell yourself that is your failsafe or go to to motivate yourself to put that fire under your butt?
1: I am strong, I am beautiful, I am the voice for others, or mm. I am strong, I am beautiful, I am independent.
0: Yeah, I love both of those. I love the I am strong, I am beautiful, and I am a voice for others. That's it's really powerful because a lot of people um, in the many different conditions, whether they've been abused or have a disability or um, have lost parents, they might not feel comfortable speaking up for themselves and to be the light that you can do that is very powerful. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about before um, we, we say our goodbyes is, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, just for laughs, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? The worst
1: piece of advice you sound British. <laughs> <laughs> what? And the reason why I, the people think I sound British and the worst piece of advice that I've ever been given is you sound British and no, I'm not British. I, um, grew up semi in a British colony in the Bahamas, yeah, but yeah. I, um, I'm not British. That is a speech impediment. Yeah, and that's, Or the better one is I'm only here for five minutes when I pull into an handicapped parking spot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't get out of a car and people can't unload a walker.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are definitely terrible things to say to someone, very inconsiderate, Um, very silly, too. You kind of look at those people and you just wonder what's going on in their mind. (laughs) Well, awesome. When this was a great time, I have learned so, so, so much. So thank you for being a voice for um, people, for adults who have been abused, for people who have pre-existing conditions and for People who have lost their parents, all of those things are very, very, very challenging. And to find motivation, to find ambition and inspiration through that, you are very inspiring to all of us. So um, it's clear to see, it's clear to me that I can see the motivation is flowing through your life. Uh, Your resilience, your positive outlook, strength, and courage, like I said, are so inspiring. I really can't thank you enough for taking the time to share your heart and your soul so vulnerably with our listeners. Um, It's so, Important to really remain aware of each other's differences, I believe in, and to celebrate them. Life is a gift that gives us whatever we choose to do with it. So, when thank you for choosing to be such a bright light. Um, if you have anything else to say,
1: and people can find me all over social media. They can find my books and my artwork. Yes, my artwork is still floating around. Um, they can find my books on Amazon. They can find my artwork if they just type in win charles c-h-a-r-l-e-s win w-i-n and art next to it and I'm on image kind I know I'm on red bubble and I can check out my artwork there they can also check out i comma win on m on amazon and all my other books on amazon all centered around people with disabilities my novels too And then I am also working on a book about my abuse story. And then I'm also working on a book about podcasting, which from my perspective. And so, and then they can also listen to all my podcasts, three of them, The Amazing Voices of Teachers, which will ramp back up when I'm done in, in journalism school. And the awesome. art book of CP, which is all about sample palsy, which comes out every single Sunday. And then the one that I'm most known for is Ask When. And they can find that if you guys know how to subscribe to Shannon's podcast. You guys can subscribe to mine including the Amazon ecosystem, the Amazon Smart Speakers. Oh, and please 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 leave a review for Shannon's podcast in Apple podcast yeah. it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a five star review it just has to be some sort of review so that the Apple podcast algorithms can see that people actually listen to this podcast and can recommend it to other eyeballs and <laughs> no no new and noteworthy isn't a big deal because you can get in there anytime you mm-hmm. dang well please and um, humans actually pick new and noteworthy so the but the subscribe account really actually counts but the reviews on any independent published work including books, including podcasts, really help. Awesome!
0: Thank you for that little bit of podcast information. Got a little sneak peek there. And thank you so much for letting us know about all of your amazing creations. You have so much out there. I am going to be sharing some links in the summary of this podcast. So if you'd like to check all of that out, please look to the summary And that's all for today. So if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, download, and tune back in on Monday for motivation solo sessions and Wednesday for motivation special guests. And definitely check out three, uh, the three podcasts Wynn mentioned ask Gwyn and the, I can't remember the names of them, but they'll be in the summary. And yes. So thank you so much again. Um, I want to let all my listeners know, start with, start with sweetness, sing with strength and strive for success. Stay rooted sweet seeds until next time.